0: get you guys up to speed i want to give you guys a little bit of a life update on everything that's been going on in my world at the moment so first of all let's start with the personal life because that is such a vibe at the moment on the weekend we went to a festival and this was the first festival that i had been to since covid wow <laughs> remember the covid that was our thing right Anyway, yeah, it was the first one that we went to and I forgot how much fun they are. I love seeing live music. I love hanging out with all of my friends. I love drinking. I love just having a party and just dancing and having an all-around vibe. Guys, honestly, you should have seen this place. It was, like, hectic in terms of, like, it was... You get there and you walk up to this bridge that's like, you know, five meters above the water and on either side, they've just got these big gates and then you walk over this bridge and you walk into this festival and there's like trees everywhere and there's old buildings and it's just nothing like I had seen. Like we don't get that sort of, you know, festival set up in Australia Or maybe not in Queensland and the ones that I've been to. Maybe in Melbourne where the architecture is a little bit older. But it was just so beautiful. And there was different stages that were all covered with trees and lights. And it was just a really, really beautiful atmosphere. And I just honestly forgot how much I just love to go to a day festival. Because they're just so much fun. Other than that, Sunday was a bit of a recovery day as you do after a festival. And this week has been pretty good. Back in routine, going to the gym, feeling good, getting lots of work done. So that's been an absolute vibe. I can't believe that, honestly, we are moving house again. So if you're not up to speed with the story of what we're doing right now, we're currently in the Netherlands and we are um, visiting Nils' family. And I love it here. Oh, my God. Except the weather, like, I think every day in July it's been raining, but I don't want to be that person that's just, like, talking about the weather. But we have been house-sitting for different people and looking after their pets. And, guys, I have to tell you something. Something... Oh, my God. Like, I'm so frustrated that this happened. <laughs> anyway, I was cooking a recipe, and you'll see it drop on Fit Fruity Recipes. I made this amazing green lasagna, like full of green veg, a beautiful bechamel layered with, like, you know, fresh pasta. And I made it on Tuesday. And I was that person that was like, I need to have dinner at 5.30 because I'm fucking starving. I need to eat. So I had dinner on my own after, like, fresh out of the oven. I ate it. It was delicious. Like, rate it 10 out of 10. Like, you got to try the recipe. Anyway, I put the lasagna back into the oven because I wanted to keep it warm for for Neil's and like in my head, I've prepared it for like the next three days. So I like meal prepped it. I made a big one. So what I did, I put it back in the oven, but then I left the oven a little bit open so that it wouldn't keep cooking. So I go upstairs and go see what Neil's is doing and tell him that dinner's ready made this lasagna. It's amazing we come back down the stairs and we just I see the oven door open and I see the lasagna sitting there on the oven and then Niels is like Uh, is it supposed to look like that and I look in and no joke about a quarter of the lasagna was left the bloody dog had nosed its way and opened the oven door and ate the whole freaking lasagna. (laughs) It was devastating. However, that wasn't the most devastating bit. Turns out dogs are not fond of lasagna and their digestive system can't handle it. (laughs) So we've had two accidents now of the dog. Mm hmm diarrheing in the house and yes we take it out to go to the toilet of course but you know you take it out 1 hour later there's diarrhea all over the kitchen floor so a double whammy of bloody eating the lasagna and then having to clean up its shit <laughs> so i've learned a few lessons out of this story is number 1 I've personally never had a dog that has been so, like, interested in food. Like, all the dogs I've had personally are, like, German Shepherds. And then I had, like, I don't know what she was, but their their, their appetite wasn't like a Labrador, like this cross-border collie dog. Like, they want to eat all of the time. <laughs> so I've learned that, you know, you got to keep the food away from the dog. And, of course, that probably sounds obvious to some people, like, Duh, Laura, durp. But I haven't owned a dog <laughs> my old 29 years. I have not owned a dog, so I'm still learning all of these things. Um, so that was an experience and that was something that happened to us yesterday. But that being said, I'm grateful for being here and looking after the animals because, you know, I've created a little bond with them. I do love them a little bit, but I am very happy not to be looking after two cats and a dog. And because on Tuesday next week, we're moving to our next house, which I'm excited about. Our next house sitting that we're doing is we're looking after just one cat, which is really nice. So yeah, so we're moving on Tuesday. And then this weekend, I still haven't seen the Barbie movie. However, by the time you guys are listening to this, I would have seen it because I'm going to see it on the weekend. Hopefully. No, I am going to see it. Niels is like, uh, what if we don't want to see the Barbie movie? I'm like, I think you need to rephrase that. And I think you say, what if I don't want to see it? Because I, me, freaking want to see the movie. <laughs> so that will definitely be on the agenda. I'll probably get some crispy M&Ms because that's the vibe at the movies anyway um that's the life update that's where we're at festival vibes and then business stuff behind the scenes like i'm absolutely frothing right now like my clients are getting such good results in terms of achieving their body goals in terms of achieving food freedom about you know getting rid of this all or nothing thinking and just absolutely slaying it and i like couldn't be more proud of a coach and Like some of the relationships I have now with some of these girls are just beyond like coaching relationships. They're definitely a lot of friendships because I've been working with some of these ladies now for more than two years. Like it just blows my mind. But yeah, I am super grateful and anchoring into that because I'm just so proud of the effort and the consistency that these girls like show up for themselves. And it's just like evidence in their life changing. So I am super proud of that. Behind the scenes, we're also working on a new program, which I'm super super excited about. It's going to be like I'm calling it Fit for Academy 2.0 because it's going to be an absolute vibe. And something in my heart that is really like pulling on it, that's just like you've got to do this, is really focusing on community vibes. Like, I one of my greatest values is freedom, of course, is always going to be driving me, but another value of mine is definitely connection and love. Like I love it when people are together and, you know, vibing on each other, talking about our problems and creating this little community. Like I absolutely love that. And that's what I foresee these new programs coming together as is like, I want a group of you guys. I want a group of women so we can like, you know, Be each other's best friends. Like that's the vibe. But also at the same time, invest in our personal development, up level, achieve amazing results in the gym, like get stronger, do pull-ups, get, you know, those 100k deadlifts. Like that's the vibe. And I'm super excited to really, really bring this all together. So it's all in the works and it's, we're working hard. And I'm so excited to bring it to you guys because it's really going to be like, i'm gonna say life-changing and i hate dropping the word life-changing because it's like oh yeah it's life-changing however like read the testimonials of the program because fucking this shit like once you learn how to fuel your body correctly once you learn how to get strong and feel strong in the gym once you have complete freedom with food that's what it is it freaking changes your life so that's a little sneak peek for you potty listeners because you guys are like here with me and I, I love you guys so much and i appreciate you always quickly if you haven't written a review yet please do so please help a sister out because it really does help me with the algorithm you know that thing that i have no control on however your reviews help me with it so if you guys could please 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 leave a review um that would be absolutely amazing so that we can get this podcast out to more listeners so we can help them fuel their bodies correctly gain food freedom and get strong af So now into today's episode, today we are talking through, we're busting some myths and I love this because sometimes I'm just like going about my day and my work and I, you know, I obviously, I don't fall into these traps, into these myths of what, you know, social media and all of the things teach us, but I get a really good reminder when I sit down and have some conversations with you guys, because I've had a few chats over the last few days and something that's being brought to my attention then is, is a trend and it keeps coming up is some common myths such as number one that we'll be speaking to is that lifting weights is going to make me bulky. And I sat with that for a little bit and I was like, hang on a minute, Loz, like you used to believe that, like you used to be afraid of lifting, like only lifting weights and you know, you're afraid of getting bulky. You're afraid of beefing up and so I fully get it and I fully resonate with you guys is because like I used to feel that way. The same thing with the myth of increasing your calories is going to make us gain weight and make us gain fat. And negatively impact our body composition because again like we've been conditioned right to the scale has to go down in order to be successful and i also sat with that and i personally reflected on it and i was like hang on a minute loz you used to feel like that too you used to be terrified of eating more food like i remember when i got told i had to increase my food i went into a negative shame spiral Literally triggered AF, full body, like, you know, anxiety feels of like, holy shit, I can't do that. So like, I fully get it. And I fully get you guys, if you're still in these thought patterns and in these beliefs, but it's, it's the thing, right? It's like our belief system and like believing and holding on to these things is more often than not the reason why people are not successful with their toning goals. It's because, you know, they're afraid of what those things will give them, aka, I'm afraid if I lift weights, then I'll get bulky. So therefore, when you go to lift weights, there'll be a moment in time where you will self-sabotage. You'll be like, oh, nope, I don't want to do that. Maybe in the moment, you don't really realize why, but if you're operating from that place of like undercurrent of, oh, I can't lift weights, it's going to make me bulky, forget being consistent with lifting weights and therefore forget being like being able to reach your goal and that's why one of the biggest things i teach inside the Fin free academy is shifting through these belief systems shifting through eating more is a bad thing and lifting weights is a bad thing and having rest days is a bad thing right until we shift all of these things is when we're going to be able to achieve our results that we truly want so Today, we're going to be talking about five myths in regards to nutrition and exercise that in hopes to be able to give you a different perspective and a different view, so maybe that you can bring it into your awareness and being like, hang on a minute, I am holding on to this belief, and hang on a minute, maybe that's the reason why that I can't be consistent with my exercise, okay? Okay. So, of course, the first one we are speaking to it in a little bit more depth is the whole conversation about lifting weights is going to make me bulky. And I, it's actually really sad because I see it in the gym. Like, I walked into the gym yesterday and it was full of boys. There was about two or three girls in there. And personally, like there would have been a version of me who was uh, would have been so intimidated and so afraid to go in there because I was like, "Oh my God, I'm the only girl. Where's the girl squad?" <laughs> this is another reason why I want to bring this program to life of the community. Anyway, I digress. But. Yes, it can be an intimidating place, right? So, number one, that's already a barrier on it. But number two, if we, you know, we go in there and we see all these guys and if there's guys in there who are big and bulky, like that already has that confirmation bias of like, yeah, that's what's going to happen to me if I do that too. Then, of course, we look on social media and we see all these like ripped people like CrossFitters, um, a classic, you know, bulky look on a female So we look at these like really fit females who are like, you know, jacked. (laughs) And then we're like, oh, I don't want to look like that. So I'm not going to strength train. But the problem lies in terms of like we see a person and we link their behavior and then we just project that that's exactly what's going to happen to us as well. However, there is a big missing piece in the middle of what actually happens and how actually someone needs to get bulky right so first of all like we start comparing like we look at men number one men have more testosterone than females and testosterone helps us build muscle so of course men having more testosterone it's going to be easier for them to get bulky so number one that's going to stop us i guess is what i'm saying there us females The second thing is, is that in order to get bulky, you need to be number one, training consistently for at least three years. And number two, your nutrition is going to be the thing that makes you bulky or not. And that's what people don't understand is like in order to get bulky, number one, it's freaking hard. It is really hard to put on muscle because it's actually quite difficult to intentionally eat in a calorie surplus. To eat above maintenance consistently is difficult because at the end of the day, you're actually force feeding yourself more food than your body actually wants. And you might be like, oh, my God, that's so hard for me to understand. I don't get that, especially if you've been restricting and under eating for a really long period of time. Or, you know, if you've been overeating, under eating, you know, the yo-yo diet, it's like hard for you to comprehend. I absolutely get that because I remember when I used to under eat and over exercise and I was like, I don't know what it feels like to be full. So there's an element of that I completely get. But when you're actually probably, you know, eating at maintenance calories and then you move to a surplus in order to get bulky, because that's what you have to do, it's actually fucking hard. Take my client, for example, Um, we've just finished a surplus phase and she's like, Laura, I just feel, you know, really uncomfortable trying to eat this many calories. Like I'm getting to the afternoon and I've still got 500 calories left over and all of the things like it's not comfortable. And I would say eating to build muscle is actually harder than dieting, even though dieting itself is it's really hard as well. Don't get me wrong. Like being in a calorie deficit absolutely sucks. However, to force feed yourself and eat into that surplus is really, really challenging. And that's it. It's like that's how people get bulky. They bulk and in order to bulk you need to eat a lot of food and if you're not you know if you're not eating eating carbohydrates in every main meal and a little bit throughout your snacks forget the fact you're not going to get bulky it's just physiologically not possible and that's where we're getting that misconception right of being bulky versus building muscle and building muscle doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be hella bulky What building muscle actually means is that you're going to have more definition in your body. You're going to finally get lean. You're going to get toned and you're going to actually have a, you know, shape to your physique rather than just being like, you know, quite small and skinny anytime you lose weight. And a really good picture and a really good visual on this is like picture like a marathon runner versus picture a bodybuilder. And yes, there's definitely bodybuilders that you could say, quote unquote, bulky. Absolutely. But I'm talking towards like early bodybuilders in their career who are not like, you know, so lean show ready. You know, the ones that are like, you know, really lean and toned and have beautiful glutes and toned stomach, right? Like, what do you think they're doing? They're resistance training. Right. So the biggest thing that I want you guys to walk away from, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of consistency, a lot of force feeding yourself in order to get bulky. So remember that when you're walking into the gym, it's like, oh, this is going to make me lean. It's going to make me build muscle. But the bigger thing is with this, it's going to make you feel fucking strong. It's going to make you feel confident. It's going to make you feel badass. Like when you start lifting weights consistently and it's like a um – you see your progress pretty quickly, which can get really addictive, right? Like all of a sudden you're like, oh cool, I'm doing chin-ups with bands, I'm doing chin-ups eccentrics, then I'm doing chin-ups on my own and then it's like, fuck yeah, I feel so good about that. Like I feel so empowered. So it's not just the aesthetics feeling Right? It's the all round vibe that you absolutely get with strength training. And if that bulky thing is holding you back from feeling that, then this is something that you really need to reflect on and rewire in terms of lifting weights actually means I'm going to get lean and (laughs) toned. So, moving into myth number two is you can't lose fat by lifting weights. And again, this is another big fat myth because. Lifting weight is the best way to lose fat on your body. And this is this whole conversation about making sure your exercise is in alignment with your body composition goals. Because there is what you guys need to know. There's absolutely a difference between weight loss and fat loss. There's two different things. Weight loss is just losing weight on the scale. And the thing with weight loss that it can come from body fat and it can come from muscle mass in comparison to fat loss, which is weight lost in the form of body fat and maintaining lean muscle, right? And then if we're constantly just focusing on weight loss, then a lot of the time you're not going to get that body composition goal. And this is why using the scale is not always the best measure of success because like if we're just focusing us on weight loss, then we're missing out on that body composition change. So you can't lose weight, you can't lose fat by lifting weights. is completely false because you actually need the resistance training so that when you, you know, you go and drop weight, when you align your diet with that, then you're actually going to lose weight in the form of body fat and not just weight loss. So We need to be strength training. (laughs) Myth number three. Just let me take a little sip of my coffee. Myth number three. This one actually goes hand in hand with myth number two, but I just wanted to speak about it and give you guys a little bit more of an example. Women who want to burn fat should be doing more cardio than weightlifting. So this is as above, right? This comes back down to body composition. If you want to lose fat, then you need to be doing resistance training and not cardio so that you maintain that lean muscle. And I want to speak to one of my clients who was actually believing this, right? Like she thought that she had to do more cardio to burn more fat so that she could get a tone physique. So what was she doing? She It was the classic. She was exercising six, seven times a week prioritizing cardio, prioritizing HIIT training. And then with her nutrition, she was always in that mindset of less is better. I need to eat less carbs, less fats, less calories in order to achieve a toned physique. However, what was happening is she had absolutely no energy right 3 p.m would hit and she would need to have like something sweet and a coffee to get her through the day she was waking up in the mornings feeling really unmotivated but she was like forcing herself to go anyway because you know that's what she thought she had to do she was also struggling with being pretty irritable and especially being really irritable in or around food like, she explained to me that she was, you know, having run-ins with her partner because, you know, she was a little bit afraid of the excess calories that he was putting in the food. Like, um, <laughs> I remember having this conversation and I resonated with her so much. I was like, yeah, I used to feel that too. I used to get angry when meals were put oil in the food. How dare you put that? How dare you cook with oil? Anyway, so doing all the things right of thought that's what she had to do. But actually, what she really needed to do was the absolute opposite of everything that she was doing. She actually needed to eat more food so that she was able to build muscle and lose fat and focus on body recomposition rather than weight loss. She had to start strength training. She had to do resistance training instead of all this cardio that she was doing, right? Like this is breaking through that myth. She actually had to have more rest days than she was having because at that minute she wasn't having any rest days. And the last thing that she needed to do was we really worked on her mindset and her relationship with food, like being able to include all foods without guilt and shame. Because until you, you know, master all of these things, especially that relationship with food peas is like you'll be stuck in that all or nothing thinking. You'll be stuck in the binge restrict cycles. You'll continuously tell yourself no. And then on the weekend, you'll binge that bag of chips because you told yourself that you couldn't have it. Right. And until we fix every single element of all of them is when someone is actually going to be able to be successful. You know, just following a meal plan is not going to be effective because it's not hitting all of the elements of nutrition, exercise, and mindset, right? So that is your evidence, ladies, is that you don't have to, um, if you want to burn more fat, you should be doing cardio. Evidence of my client is you actually have to do more strength training, get your nutrition on point, and also work on your relationship with food. Moving on to myth number four is women should aim for lighter weight and more reps, and this is classic, right? It's the whole toning exercise. Do these 50 bicep curls and you'll get toned arms. <laughs> and unfortunately, like, I hated that because, like, why would you want to stand there and do 50 fucking bicep curls when you can go and do eight and get a better result? Like, what a waste of time. <laughs> anyway, um. Research actually suggests that the best rep range for muscle hypertrophy in terms of building muscle actually lies between that 8 to 12. But lots of new research is coming out, and it's not necessarily like actual the rep range now that they're talking about, but what they're speaking to is actually the intensity of the exercise. So it's shown now that you can actually get good hypertrophic gains from, you know, rep ranges from five, so doing strength training, or even up until those 50 reps, right? But then you have to think about it like one enjoyment and one time efficiency, because the thing is, is that it comes back to intensity. And whatever weight that you're using to get the right intensity is to muscular failure, is the thing that's going to get you to the best results and I see it all the time in terms of like Pilates is really good because you can really feel the burn yes absolutely but that's only one type of burn that you can get right so Pilates is muscular endurance based exercise it's going to help you improve your muscles endurance to last with a session and it's really, really good to be working on your muscular endurance. But it's also, if your goal is to, you know, increase your strength and increase the size of your muscles, then it's also really, really good to be working to increase your muscular strength in those lower rep ranges. And it's like five and below. And it's also really good to, if you want to be growing your muscles in terms of getting, you know, lean and toned it's also really really beneficial to be working in those hypertrophic ranges as well of those eight to twelve while pilates will give you that you know that burning sensation of like it's really hard working in that muscular endurance the biggest driver as well as intensity that you need to think about is progressive overload And without progressive overload, you're not going to see really good and efficient changes in your body. And that's the problem with Pilates, that it doesn't necessarily give you progressive overload. And what progressive overload means, and what I'm speaking to, is your muscles will adapt to a certain stimulus right and if you're not doing more the next time then you're not going to give your muscles a reason to then change if you know you're just constantly doing that same thing over and over again and that's the difference between Pilates and actually strength training is that you know you're going in and you're following a program and you're doing the same thing for at least six weeks so therefore each week you can improve on it and you can Challenge your muscles again in a new way, whether that's through rep ranges, whether that's through um, more reps or whether that's through range of motion each and every week. And you have that linear progression of like, yes, I'm beating it. I'm doing a little bit more. I'm doing a little bit more in comparison to going into Pilates where it's really based on muscle endurance. And then you're, you know, you're going in and you're doing something different every single time. It's not going to necessarily give your muscles a reason to change because it's not a new stimulus on top of what you already did the week before. Don't get me wrong. Like I think Pilates is fantastic. It's really good. Like I already said, for stability, for muscular endurance and for pleasure because it's fun. But I think in a really good, well-rounded routine, if you're wanting to change your body composition, you want to be looking at at least three strength training days in the gym and then filling it with like, you know, cardio if you enjoy it a little bit. And then, you know, Pilates as well, if you also like that. So... The moral of the story is that women should not be aiming for lighter weights and more reps. And what we need to be doing is really training closer to muscular failure, ideally in those hypertrophy rep ranges. And then, of course, making sure that we're applying progressive overload because intensity and progressive overload is how we're going to see those changes in the body. And then lastly, myth number five is weightlifting is intimidating for women. Well, I don't necessarily actually believe. Like, I don't know if this is a myth because I I get that. Like, I remember when I first moved to Bali and I started training at the Body Factory, and I walked in there and I was intimidated. I was I definitely had gym anxiety. There was all these machines that I'd never used before, and me being an online fitness coach, I'm like, oh fuck, I should know how to do all this. But you know, the ego comes in trying to protect me, and. Yeah, and then, and yeah, I struggled a little bit. So, although I don't want to sit here and normalise gym anxiety because I really think it's something that everyone can move through, um... I do have you know I have empathy for someone that's going through that and this is that piece of like let's rise up to it and let's move through it and let's fucking kill it because if that's the thing that's stopping you from going and achieving your goals like babe who gives a fuck of what people think of you like and this is the thing it's being in the gym and being scared comes down to fear of judgment you're going to be fucking judged anyway so you might as well be reaching your goals while you do it but That being said, like working with someone who knows what they're talking about and actually learning how to do the skill. Like guys, strength training is a skill. And just because you haven't built a skill yet doesn't mean you're shit. Just means that you need to put more time and learn how to do it. We've got to go through the ugly hair phase, right? You know, when people want to grow their hair out and they look ugly for that period of time where they have to grow it out. That's what I like to call it. It's like we have to go through the overwhelm, we have to go through the stress and the fear and all of the things in order to be successful. So, work with someone you know that knows what they're doing so they can help you with your technique because that's it, that's all you have to do is just be get confident, learn how to be comfortable. So, while yes, it is definitely intimidating. I want to call you guys forward and being like, let's fucking go. Like, let's rise to it and let's move through it so that we can be strong, independent women lifting weights and doing pull-ups and shit because that in itself just makes you feel so good. <laughs> so my loves, thank you so much for being here and listening to these five myths. I would love it if you could send me a DM on the gram and let me know what your biggest takeaway was, what your biggest myth-breaking um topic was. I'd love to hear it. I appreciate you always. Thank you for being here and I will see you. Well, you will hear me next week. Bye. The number one challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're going to start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun and still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals, take my free two-minute quiz. You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.